Mason, did you know that German chocolate cake doesn't actually come from Germany? Is this one of those facts like red velvet is really chocolate too? I mean, I guess it would be along those lines since we're talking about cake and misnomers. Where is it from? A guy named Sam German, who was oh, non-German. it's his namesake. Yeah. He was either an American or an Englishman, depending on what you read. But hmm. it was originally called German's Chocolate. That's really interesting. Where did yeah, you where did you stumble across that? I think it was um I think it was Rosa's dad. Hmm. He mentioned that to me. I thought it was interesting. I think he runs the Uberfax Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, he might. He's got quite a few of them. He just comes fast with those little quips, those little fast facts. Yeah. Um but it's been a while, man. We've uh, we've got a lot to catch up on. It's been a it's been a month since we've done. I think this. you could say we've uh, we've taken a hiatus. Mm-hmm. I I was thinking, it looked like it was listed maybe on Spotify or Apple as season one, and we had twelve episodes. It seemed like a good time to start season two. You think so? Yeah, twenty twenty one. All right, mm-hmm. let's start season two. 2021, season two. Let's do it. Like mom's not home. Tell me why the best things feel so wrong. Some are nice, love them how they take so long. Run with the feeling of being alive. Well, um, welcome back all to the listeners who've been hanging on loyally. Um, we apologize. It's been so long since we've recorded. Me and Mason have both conveniently decided to renovate our kitchens at the same exact time. <laughs> yeah. Um, on top of other life responsibilities. So we have been a bit busy along with, um, you know, the winter break and visiting family and stuff. So, but we are excited to begin season two. Kind of cool to say. Yeah, it is kind of cool. Um, we have a lot to catch up on though. Um, over the break, Mason, uh, had his bachelor trip, which I was invited to and, unfortunately couldn't make it um i think i had a pretty good reason Mm -hmm. but um a decent reason yeah i had um another trip planned with rosalie um to jackson hole wyoming which we can get to later but first um mason i still haven't like really talked to you at all about Mm -mm. the bastard trip like how it was (laughs) where'd y'all go (laughs) <laughs> for the listeners, I know where you went. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking back to one of the very few conversations we had on FaceTime. Um, we went to Snowshoe, West Virginia. Um, we went up there, did a little snowboarding, wheel skied. We did it over New Year's. Let's see, we left on December 30th and came back January 2nd. We drove the whole 10 hours. It was... It's awful. a brutal drive. It was awful. Yeah. So bad. So I guess that's a good place to start is the drive itself. It's so bad. Aside from the length of the trip there, would you say that Snowshoe is probably one of the top beginner places on the East Coast to go to? Yeah, I think if you live 
in reasonable driving distance to the mid-Atlantic ski scene, Snowshoe is the mm-hmm. one to do it. When If anybody asked me, a couple of people have asked me, like, who haven't gotten into skiing or snowboarding, and that's kind of like the number one place I tell mm-hmm. them to go to because even though it's a long drive, it is drivable, and it's cheaper, and it's not as intimidating as going out west. Here, This is a question for you. You've done both Winter Place and Snowshoe. And yeah. they're both in West Virginia. They're both bigger than the North Carolina's resort, I guess, resorts. What, what's the difference between the two for you? They're on the same caliber in my book. Like, it, you're kind of um, – I, I mean, I, they're about roughly the same price point, about the same kind of layout in my head it's hard for me to distinguish the difference between the two i think snowshoe might have been a little bit more um in the time that i went to snowshoe they had most of the trails open Mm -hmm. so which they have 60 so yeah i could be wrong but i think i remember snowshoe having more trails than winter place i think they do have more but when you like subdivide it like you have main mountain snowshoe then you've got like four or five in the Western Territory and then a 13 or 14 in Silver Creek, which I, you can barely count Silver Creek in my opinion because if you're going to ride during yeah. the day, you're not going to go to Silver Creek. I agree. We did go to Silver Creek uh, like once. Yeah. It so maybe 40 trails that matter. Yeah. Um, I guess I would put Snowshoe as like one leg up also yeah. because I like the area there. Mm-hmm. The little town is cool to me. Yeah. I like one of my favorite things about Snowshoe is that the village is on top rather than at the bottom. I think that's cool. Yeah. Because where our cabin was was around the ridge. And so at night, you're looking across the tops of the trees and you see the slopes coming down and you see the village on top. And vice versa. If you're in the village, you can kind of see the. I guess neighborhood that we were staying in lit up. It was kind of sweet. Yeah, we weren't blessed with great weather though. It wasn't yeah, until yeah. I was about to say. I was about to ask about can it like did the you Facetime me and you were like, um, I don't remember what you said, but like it looked like just slushy. I have I haven't had a good snowboarding day conditions wise in probably a year and a half or two years. It slushy is the correct word because it rained from the time we showed up. Okay, that's a lot. It wasn't raining when we showed up. It was somewhat snowing, kind of not really. It was like a wintry mix. Then quit, and we kind of went out and rode the by deck. But when we woke up the next day, it was sprinkling and sprinkled mm-hmm. rain, let off, came back for two days straight, and then finally on Saturday the sun came out and. By then, it was the whole mountain was waterlogged. The snow had softened up. It was slushy. Dang. I was wet to the core. I mean, was it still fun though? I mean, oh yeah. I'm, I mean, the group that that you're with, yeah, kind of makes it. Seven dudes fun. on a mountain. You're gonna find ways to have fun, and if rain is something that stops you, then you're a little soft, anyways. Plus, we, we spent did, way too much money to not ride in a little yeah. bit of sprinkling. 
I just realized I still have my background on. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I I would have put one on, but I really have no idea how to. I just funny. <laughs> For context, he has the background. I don't know if anybody remembers the as seen on TV little wiggle worm thing that you could play with your fingers and it would like wrap around your fingers and move. I don't know how it worked, but that's what I was thinking of when I stare at it. So, I had pretty good weather. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the FaceTimes. Oh, on the first day. <laughs> oh, only on the first day. Only on the first day. And then um, it came back to bite me when I was rubbing it in your face. Ah, uh, because I remember sending the text message of the sun from us. Yeah. So, anyways, did anything uh, eventful happen? Did anybody get injured or anything like that? Uh. No, nobody got injured. It was it was fun watching Seth and Will ride the lift together. <laughs> For those of you that don't know Seth and Will, they're both new to the snow sport scene. Um, Will is a skier. He went to ski school when we were in Canada, and Seth went to North Carolina with us one time. So both this being their second trip, watching them get off the lift together, Will would just stick his poles straight in the ground in front of whoever was in next to him. Normally, if I was next to him, I push off the lift and just get the heck out of the way. Seth didn't know to do that, and eight times out of ten, Will's pole would be sticking in the ground right in front of him, and it would just trip him up. <laughs> Seth ended up on the ground every all the time it was great it was fun to watch that but nobody got hurt nobody even got close to getting hurt I don't think there were some there were some tumbles of course I've got one of Andrew on video um Andrew and Maynard both tomahawked um I had you, you gotta send me that video of Andrew okay I will I had one where I went just air to face Kind of, really? yeah, I scratched up my cheekbone a little bit. Well, not the bone. I obviously didn't scratch the bone. I scratched up my cheek. It's like, dang. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it was great. Would you say that you and, um, I guess, Josh, Maynard, Andrew, were probably like in the advanced category at Snowshoe? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think Probably compared to the most most of the people who, not most, I don't know, maybe most, but a good bit of people who go there are going there for the first time. Mm -hmm. So you yes. can see a very stark difference yes. between people who've done it like several times versus people who are doing it for the first time. We're we're definitely advanced, and I agree with that. It was I had bouts of the thought that. If a rando came up to me on the mountain and challenged me to a race down it, I would take it. <laughs> like, I think statistically, like in the sample size on the mountain. You should take that. Yeah. Yeah. We would be of the fastest. Yeah. Now, when well, you get those jokers out there that do the cup run, that's a different story because they kind of blister the mountain. But man. Also, skiers have a little bit of an advantage when it comes to going fast. Yeah, but if again, if it's a random skier on Snowshoes Mountain, yeah, I'm taking the bet. Okay, don't put it that way because 
if someone's going to challenge you, they're probably pretty good. If it was like Fun Time Skate Center and they were like, all right, time for the foot race and like you just kind of mosey your way out there against who knows. Yeah. But if if like somebody were to just pick out some random person, mm-hmm. I'm, then I'm taking the chances bet. are you're probably you're probably winning that. Yes, there was the reason I started thinking that way was there was one night we were at Silver Creek and me and Andrew you got to make the most of Silver Creek cuz it's 13 runs but there's really only two lifts that go a third of the way or three-fourths of the way to the top and then all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. But the runs aren't that long, so you can just kind of do lap after lap. And you you kind of get burnt out after two hours being there. On one of the lifts, about 30 minutes left, Andrew was like, top to bottom, no turns, no speed checks, no nothing. Just don't hit anyone. It was a point your nose and go kind of thing. It was <laughs> unbelievable how fast we were going. <laughs> How fast did you don't y'all have do y'all still have the app? That, I, like keeps track I don't have the app, no. Oh. I had at I, one point at one point y'all clocked yourselves. I topped it out. I had nothing left. How fast do you think you were going? I mean, we we know Andrew's hit fifty. Andrew was Scary. pulling away with me or pulling away from me on his board that particular night. And so I, he let me ride it the next run. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's crazy. That board is crazy fast. It doesn't move, right? It it's is so stiff. locked in. It just bullies everything. Dang. Like, I would love to experience that. And the reason I feel confident in saying that is we both kind of strap in at the same time. And the first time he let me go first on my board and – he caught me about half halfway, maybe a little past halfway, and that the last stretch down to the lift, he just pulled away. Hmm. When we swapped, it was the opposite. It's just his board is that much faster. Really? I yeah. When I put his board on, I left before him and never saw him. See, y'all too, whenever we've gone on any trip. Y'all get a kick out of doing that, and I've just never been into that. It's just so, point, it's point so shoot. much fun. I've never, so I've never much been able to, to do that. It's scary to me. No, you know what's scary? Being off the ground. That's also scary. But at low speeds, it's not too bad. Josh talked me into the train park. Really? Yeah. How'd you do? Good. We. It was The terrain park, by the way, is like an area where you can ride go off ramps and rails and you know boxes and all kinds of stuff it's basically the area where everybody breaks bones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's especially a snowshoe is the area where people have learned to ride and they think they're good enough and they're not it's the locals that really get the benefit out of it but it's the people that travel there that get hurt like yeah. us <laughs> yeah so it was the last day that we were riding and we were kind of staggering the time periods where we would go in because you walked in into this mud room and it gets really crowded really easily. So some people would go in about 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes earlier than the others. And me and Josh were going to grab two more lifts together. And 
he was like, do the terrain park with me. And I was adamant, absolutely not, not going to do it. Keeping my feet on the ground. I like to ride fast. You like to jump. Let's just let bygones be bygones and be different. That's okay. (laughs) You can be the jumper. Just let me ride fast, whatever. Yeah. Well, he talked me into it. Mm. And so. He's a convincing fellow. He is. He is. I can't, I wish I remember the words he used to convince me because it was slick. <laughs> he probably called me a name or something, but um, we went and the deal was one ramp and one rail or box, which. Well, that makes sense why he convinced you. He yeah. gave you like a set. Yeah, but there was. Task. There was more that led up to that. Anyways. Oh, the difference between a box and a rail for, again, if you don't care or don't know, um, a box is wide. It's hard to miss. A rail is narrow. It is hard to miss. Um, not important for this story, but you mean easy to miss. Yeah. I don't know what I said. The rail is easy to miss. Easy to get hurt on. Box is hard to miss. So the deal is one ramp, one box slash rail of his choice, as long as it wasn't the rainbow rail. Fair enough. That's I was like, I'm not going to do that. That's how you die. Yeah. So we get going down. I tell him to go first because I don't know the speed to hit the first kicker. It's not, this is not one of those ramps where you just like air to flat. There's a downslope, so... You need to hit it with good enough speed to hit the downslope properly and it be smooth. Otherwise, you're just going to kind of jar yourself either on top of the ramp or you air too far and you do air to flat. Anyways, get the speed, hit the first one, feel confident, hit the second one, skip the third one. And Josh was like, hit this first one and call it a day. I was like, all right, whatever. So I go past him, hit the first box. It's much, it's, three times as wide as my snowboard. And I'm like, a seven-year-old could hit this. So I'll do the next one, which is maybe twice as wide as my snowboard. I was like, a 12-year-old could hit this. And at that point, it was like ego pushing me. (laughs) And I was like, I can't keep feeling this way. I need one that's going to make me feel like not 5% of the people here would hit, which was the rainbow rail. Oh, so you did hit the rainbow rail. I did. And I did not did die. You, did you actually land it? I did, yeah. Dang. And then there, the one after that was, it was like a... It's not a pretty hard. It, it's not a rail. This was... I don't know what it was. It was pretty narrow. Went mm-hmm. a, like a foot and a half drop to another one. And then like two foot drop to snow. I don't... It has a name, I'm sure. Wasn't going to do that. And then the next one was a big tube. It looks like the bottom part of a pontoon boat yeah but there's not snow built up on the front of it so you you have to air to it yeah oh i tried to get i tried to get cute (laughs) and just like pick up the front of my board the nose and get it up on this pontoon and it just slid right off and i ended up just like (laughs) bear hugging this pontoon thing <laughs> but i wasn't I going. thought you were about to say that was when you like grinded your cheek no no no, no. i wasn't going near fast enough to do anything okay. so i just ended up bear hugging it and just kind of rolling off but the well, air to cheek thing was so snowshoe has this area called the western territory it's the big runs 
They're a mile and a half long. They're blacks. They're steep. They're fast. They're a ton of fun. Some of the guys don't enjoy going as fast, so I try and get my fast runs out of the way and hang back, and side hits are a big thing where you find snow, what's in called transition, that builds these natural little ramps, and you just kind of hit them, whatever. I was like, Josh, let's hit those. So I hit the first one, and it just bucks me. And my... (laughs) My board is nowhere near the ground. My face is closer <laughs> to the ground than my board is by the time I'm coming down. Just, oh my gosh. So did you land like face first? Yes. It threw me. Jeez. Was Josh laughing? Yes. Josh thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Bennett was right there with us too, but dude. That's similar to my experience when I went, when I hit that side hit and just landed just <laughs> In square Utah? on my butt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that was funny did y'all um how much time did y'all spend out on the town mm, 20 minutes maybe oh really just yeah so 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 y'all went to snowshoe and silver creek that's not entirely true the first night we got there we went out to eat at a place called tukes that was just a bar and grill and hung out there but it's not in the main village it was off to itself at the entrance to the Western Territory. So not technically in town or the village. Um, Hmm. The next night, everybody, all the stores, max occupancy was four. And then there were only two or three maybe restaurants that allowed people inside. One of them was the pizza place. So we went to the pizza place, got bamboozled. They said 20-minute wait. We waited an hour and 20 minutes. What? Yeah. Um, I'd be pissed. Yeah, I got pizza. But then we grilled out one night and then cooked chicken nuggets the other night. What's the deal with pizza at ski places? I feel like... Dude. (laughs) Ski places have... Number one, they all have, like, tons of pizza. Yeah. And number two, they almost always have, like, a really, really good pizza joint. Yeah, snowshoe. I think it's becoming part of like ski culture. It's a big part of ski culture. Snowshoe doesn't have that many restaurants, and they've got two pizza places. Mm. And then, of yeah. course, we that one in Whistler that we got two or three days last year. So good. Yeah. Did y'all go Jackson to Jackson Hole? Had had yeah. We had two different pizza places at Jackson Hole. Two different ones. Okay. Yes. Yes. One of them was. Like really cheap, you know, just four dollar, or actually no, it was like two dollars for a slice, and it was like a huge slice. The other one was like nicer; it was like hand tossed, like mm. authentic style, which I'm gonna recommend you go to. Um, it's the one I think it's um, it might be like Teton hand tossed pizza, but it's the one with like a big. Uh, like neon sign sticking up. You'll okay. you can't miss it. I'm a I'm taking the time to write that down. Yeah, no, it's for sure like you have to go there. It's so good. But um yeah, dude, I really wish I could have been there, man. Dude, is I'm glad you had fun. The the trip you had was one that I I don't wish you would ever pass up. So, yeah, no, uh, the trip I had was amazing. It it truly was. Um it was just unfortunate the timing, but um, I don't even. How, how many days were you there? Five. 
Okay. Uh, skied two days. Um, and then, um, like, spent two days on the town, and, like, going around, just doing random stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, travel. But uh, the first day, as I mentioned before, best snow conditions ever of anywhere I've ever been. Man. Easily. I mean, it was... It didn't, it didn't matter where you went on the mountain. The powder was, like, soft but not too deep as long as you stayed on the trail, which I'm going to get to a story mm-hmm. in a minute. Oh, gosh, of, I forgot about of, this. <laughs> of not staying on the trail. Um, I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. But it was gorgeous. And you get to the top of the mountain, and in the morning, um, we – we took like the gondola up to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, I say morning. It was like early lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Like we were like, we're going to go in for early lunch, beat the crowd, which was the perfect plan because they have this rendezvous lodge, um, which you and Krista need to go check out and then go up, uh, go up the stairs. Cause that's where they have this cool, like seating area with like all windows facing the mountain and stuff. Mm hmm. Um, and they have food and drinks and stuff and you can just hang out there. Cool. Um, so we go there. Um, the bartender gives Rosa a free drink because she made it just to post it on Instagram. So that was a good start to the day. And Rosa was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Because it was like a fruity something. Of course. Um, and so we, you know, we sat there, had um, had our lunch or whatever and. And you can look down and see the clouds probably a thousand feet down below you. And so it's like you see the sun and then a, just a sea of clouds and no, you can't see anything below the clouds. Like that, you can't see the town or anything. All you see is mountains. That's so trippy. Yeah, it was so cool. Um, Did so that ever break? Were, yeah, I mean, um, towards the afternoon, they, they went away. Um, but the, the weather stayed great throughout the day. Hmm. Um, what was the temperature? Do you remember? It was like, um, varied from like seven degrees at the coldest. And then it got all the way up to, you know, upper twenties at some part, at some parts at the base of the mountain with the sun. That ain't bad. No, no, it was actually perfect. Um, as long as it's dry, that's not bad. Yeah, because it was dry. Um, and even the second day was dry. It was just cloudy. Yeah. You know, the, visit, the visibility went away, and it was snowing a lot, so it was hard to see. Low visibility um, days are just so hard to ride if you're not yeah. used so, to it. So tough. A couple, a couple notable things. So... Rosalie has PTSD from that one time you you'll probably remember when Rosa fell off the ski lift I have videos of it yeah and blamed it on me because (laughs) she said that my snowboard was in the way when in reality her she put her pole down and hit my snowboard and she slipped and fell and like fell on her butt and she was like really hurt okay so she (laughs) literally Mason 90% 90% of every ski lift we got on, she mentioned that to me. She was she was like, get away from me. Don't get too close to me when we're getting off. Are you serious? 
Yes, every single one of them. She was like, she was like, Alex, I have PTSD from like what you did. She's and got like, so much scar tissue built up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it didn't take us long though for us to get our, you know, our feedback. Um, and I was feeling comfortable already. I was like, this is the best snow I've ever felt. I, Mason, I find this one patch of powder and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to get a little bit of, uh, just a little bit of air, you know, <laughs> nothing crazy. Right. I get to the top of it and my nose dug. Okay. Oh, first Mason, this is the first run, by the way, first run, my nose dug. And then I land on my right shoulder and, uh, you know, I didn't really think much of it, but then I got up and I was like, man, that really hurts. And it hurt throughout the day. And then now I realized I just sprained my AC joint mm-hmm. on the first run. I forgot about you um, asking me about that too. And I didn't like, it wasn't like a major sprain. Like I can, it didn't ruin my trip by any means. Right. But it still hurts like now. Um, other than that, like nothing, nothing major happened. We didn't get injured or anything. Um, second day comes overcast i text you a picture you're like haha that's what you get Mm -hmm. for rubbing it in my face Mm -hmm. um we get towards like the later part of the afternoon and we find i'm not going to tell you the name of the trail because part of me wants to to find it on accident and go through the same experience as me (laughs) like i'm not going to tell you which one it is i find this black trail um and you could say it's like backcountry, I guess. It, Mason, you wouldn't even think it's a trail. Like you can't even tell that people have ever gone down this. When I went down it, so <laughs> I convinced so is, Rosa to. So is deeper than Seventh Heaven, like the area that we were in in Seventh Heaven? Because that yes. junk was pretty like untouched. Yeah, it was worse. It was it was tighter than that. And steeper, mm. like more dangerous. <laughs> yeah, tight and steep so, does equal danger. Yeah. So, I convinced Rose. I was like, "Hey, look, we're coming to the end of the day. Like, let's just check it out." I heard it was, I heard it was like beautiful over here. So she agreed, <laughs> and we get like five minutes down, struggling. She was like, "I'm not doing this. I'm leaving." I was like, "All right, just cut through the woods." not knowing what's on the other side of the woods. <laughs> mm. So she cuts through there, but I'm like a hundred yards down and I'm like, I get, I start to cut through the woods, but I can't get there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I might as well just go down it. Like I have no other choice. Mm-hmm. I got a valley on my left or not a valley, but like a, a mountain on my left that I can't climb up. Right. And a mountain on my right. Mm-hmm. My only choice is to go down and it's, Nothing but huge mounds, moguls, trees everywhere. There's rocks everywhere. There's glaciers. There's <laughs> ice. Everything. So who knows where Rosa is at this point? She's probably... Actually, I know she was yelling my name because she told me afterwards that she was yelling for me and I didn't oh hear her. Oh, my gosh. Um. So, um, the snow was so deep that you can't walk through it. 
Like you can, but you're going to get stuck every single step. You're going to fatigue out real quick. Exactly. So you either ride it or you get creative. You ride I got it or creative. Die it. Yeah. Well, I started to ride it and that wasn't working out too good. Do you try um, riding your board like a boogie board? We're getting there. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just being a jerk. Um, the first, um, well, I came to this like cliff, like rock cliff. It was roughly 10 feet high. Um, and I couldn't go to the left or right of it. So I fell down it. <laughs> you fell 10 feet? Yeah. Just casually? And, well, it was so powdery that like it really didn't matter other than it scared me, you know. And then I go another couple hundred yards belly boarding across okay. the snow. There we go. Because there's no other option. And uh, I find this like another cliff, but I can't tell like what it actually is because it's so narrow. It's literally like the width of my shoulders. Like mm -hmm. I'm belly boarding down this thing. Um, well, it turns out it's ice. It's just ice. Like, and this one is 15 feet roughly. So I slide down it. Um, and then I look up and I realize I just like slid down a glacier. And <laughs> at this point, it's roughly 35 40 minutes in i'm not even halfway down the trail like i look on my app and i'm like this is gonna be a long day <laughs> and if i wasn't such an idiot i would have taken a video right then and there and sent it to you because you would have been crying laughing oh my gosh um yeah i spent another another 35 minutes like getting down the trail um Dude. it eventually let up a little bit um you're so making a habit like a of an this. hour. It was an adventure, though. Didn't you come across a crevasse? Didn't did you a say crevasse? that? Yeah, did you say that? I didn't say the word crevasse. I'm not no, sure. No, I thought you way. texted that to us. I, I said glacier. I know oh, I texted you that. I why went, that I fell down a glacier. I must have made up the crevasse part. Yeah, crevasse sounds cooler though. It's a word. Yeah. But anyways, uh, it was fun. I mean, Jackson Hole is is beautiful. Like we, the town is really cool. You'll, stop you'll stop like there. It. Stop there. Backtrack just a little bit to where you made it out safely. Okay. Rose's initial response to seeing you is what? That's a great question. Uh, I must she know. Was, to say she was upset would be a major understatement. <laughs> <laughs> I can see her, you know that just like uh, you know one of those classic use, things like Alex just like beating your chest and then like reluctantly hugging you. That's just how I've played it out in my head. I think she was a little bit more angry than that. Really, you know, I'll refer back to my analogy in one of our first episodes when I was talking about my first getting lost adventure in yeah. uh, Whistler. Mm -hmm. I'll use the same analogy. The analogy was I felt like a kid getting lost in a supermarket and like it, you just feel like the end of the world because like you, where is your mom? Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like Rosa to complete that analogy is like the kid <laughs> after finding your mom finally, and you're just so pissed at your mom for abandoning you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Rosa was mad at me because I abandoned her <laughs> right there. But on I had the no choice. And I brought her there. I took full responsibility. She made it out before I did because, like, she found some other way out. So. Man. 
All right, it's becoming a tradition. I gotta get lost every year. I, I can't guess. wait for the next group trip. I know. Wait, what's it gonna be, Breck? I think it's either gonna be Breck or uh, I can't remember the one that Rosa suggested. Um, Telluride or, or Banff are the Banff, two that she Banff. wants to go to. I might just yeah. screw the system and go Lake Tahoe. Make everyone upset. <laughs> That's fine. You know me. I'll go anywhere. I, I I did write something down along these lines. I think, um, just a quick thing about like going skiing. Which mm-hmm. if you're not into skiing, you've you probably already turned this off. Yeah, like that's all we've talked about this episode. Sorry. Um, I wrote down that the ski town is arguably more important than the slopes. And I want to know your take on that. Yeah, I saw you write that like a week ago, and I still don't know where I stand on it. Well, let's 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 unpack it. it okay, I'm gonna unpack it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that like if you put an amazing resort with crappy slopes on snowshoe, that it would be better than a crappy resort with like snowbird slopes. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that I'm saying compare regions. So Mm -hmm. all the ones out West are good pretty much. Right. A few minor exceptions that we probably will never go to. Mm -hmm. Um, they're all beautiful and unique in their own way. Almost all the ones on the East coast, they kind of vary a little bit more, but like they're, you know, they're East coast snowing. With the mm-hmm. exception of like Stowe, you know, in Vermont. Right. Um, with that in mind, keep it by region and then just compare like the ones with really cool towns and the ones without and like think about how much fun you have, you know. Considering the fact that we always go with groups. Mm-hmm. I agree. If you're looking at, if you zero in on one region, the ski town makes or breaks where you're at. A hundred percent. Okay. Okay. Because if you ignore like financial reasons, like look at Snowbird, for example, and compare it to Park City, which is. 40 minutes away from Snowbird. But if you're staying in Salt Lake City, they're not that far from Salt Lake City. Right. Park City absolutely craps on Snowbird's resort immediate area because of all the amenities around it. Yeah. So I'd agree with it. I I didn't mean to say craps on it because I love Snowbird a lot. Well, I've never been to Park City, so I can't say anything. When you go to Park City... The village, it's not a village, it's a, it is a town. There's like a pedestrian bridge that you can literally ski off the, off the slopes across this bridge. And Park what, City. Like where, to where? Like to the town? To or? the, to the main drag, the street, you can. Okay. So it's like all integrated. Mm-hmm. It's very integrated. Yeah. They have one of the only, if not the only ski and distilleries in the western hemisphere that's cool yeah i didn't know that yeah the and 
it's all, like you said, the word is great, integrated. Yeah. There's so much to do right there off the slopes. I don't remember Snowbird being that way. We like drove up and you had to walk on yeah. this mile long parking lot to this one main building and kind of get in the tram. I don't remember any type of village at all. Yeah, I think it's because we spent more time in Salt Lake City. That's probably true. We probably ignored a lot of it, but... Which we really didn't spend that much time there anyways. Mm-mm. We we kind of went hard. Yeah. It, <laughs> that trip in itself could be talked about a lot because you just pack it so full. Yeah. But also, um, another, like, to your credit, I still agree with that point. Like, um, if you look at the region of Boone, I guess... Mm-hmm. Like, man, I don't know if this is a fair argument, but Beach has like the 5506 bar slash restaurant thing at the very top. They have several buildings down at the bottom. It was a really cool place. I enjoyed my experience. Yeah. But for sure. Sugar, I mean, like, I, there, there's, there was nothing at Sugar that really stood out to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, What did what did you write down? What what is this about Juice World? What is this? Dude, I knew I knew you were gonna ask that. That was so that was so random. I, was, like, I didn't even know whether or not to bring it up because of how unrelated it is. I was but, honestly what? gonna take it off, but I knew you had already seen it. <laughs> you said it's easy. What does this mean? Yeah, yeah. So several weeks ago, I can't answer that question because I have no idea. If there's timestamps <laughs> on a notepad, you would see that I wrote that at like two thirty in the morning because I had I had a dream about Juice World doing this interview, and he made this like really profound philosophical you were, quote. You were interviewing Juice World? No, I was. I don't know how it was a dream. You said so. I'm I wasn't to in out. the dream. For, okay, I was were, not you a, were a car- third party. I was a. Yeah, I was just observing this through my dream, I watching, guess. Watching, watching him do okay. some interview on, like, gotcha. The Tonight Show. I don't know. Yeah. And he gave this profound philosophical quote that had something to do with it being easy. And when I woke up, I was like, oh, shoot, that might be the answer to life. So I, like, wrote it down in the <laughs> notepad, but I didn't write the quote down. <laughs> you'll have to. You'll have to email his agent. I, get to Juice World, see if he has the answer. Well, rip to the king. <laughs> but oh, oh, is he dead? Juice World's dead. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I'm trying not. I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> I'm trying not to cry. Um, I don't. I don't know anything about. No, we could have. We could have changed lives with this quote that he said in my dream, and I forgot it. Jeez, it's like the ultimate cliffhanger, man. I trust me. I know. I really. I know. Well, let me know if you. Let me know if you think of it again. I was just on this heavy Juice World kick watching him do freestyles and crap, and it yeah. went into my dreams, I guess. How did he pass? I'm glad you asked. It was a tragic passing, really. Um, so he was on a plane, and I'm sorry for to the Juice World fanatics that if I get any detail wrong, but... He's on a plane flying between shows. I don't know. His plane has quite a bit of weaponry and quite a bit of marijuana, like 70 pounds of it. 
and he's Juice World. He this isn't a classical pianist, right? He's a what? He's a hip hop artist. You know what he is? That's right. That's right. Okay. Now I'm just so, making. I just want to make sure it would be out of just, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. He, the culture of hip hop is known to have guns and drugs. It's talked about quite extensively. It's not and the most wholesome culture. He was he was in possession of both, while also was in the possession of a lot of prescription drugs. A a lot probably just being enough to kill him because somebody had tipped off the I don't know if it was airport security TSA I don't local authorities I don't know that all this crap was on the plane and then someone caught wind of that and told Juice World and his like manager or team or whatever so I don't know from there what his thought process was in getting rid of the Percocets that he had because he took it was either Percocets or Xanax like a handful of them to get rid of them he took all of them to he get rid of them yes he he overdosed on that, ignoring the fact that there was 70 pounds of marijuana and a lot of guns still on the plane. But the way the, the article was written, it kind of indicated that the plane was in his name. So even if he had a fall guy, it comes down on him because the plane's in his name and there's 70 pounds of marijuana and just crazy amounts of guns on this plane. Would you say it's a stretch to say that he might not have been completely lucid at the time that he took all of these prescription drugs? No, it's not a stretch by any means. Also, I don't think it would be a stretch to say that somebody who gives themselves the name Juice World probably doesn't make the smartest life Hey, 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 hey. He didn't give himself the name Juice World. Okay, correct me. His men. I don't know. His, <laughs> I think it was someone early in his like rapping days. He looked like somebody that went by Juice. I don't know, but he went by Juice the Kid. Okay. Instead of just. Is being there any juice. rappers that just like go by their name? Um, I feel like if if somebody did that, it'd be a game changer. Like, why don't we just break the status quo? I'm going to find one for you. Like, why do rappers have to have a nickname? I don't know. Part of the culture, I guess. It's racist. No, I'm just saying, like, hip-hop culture, you have a stage name. Yeah. A lot I of them, so. a, lot, a lot of the ones that come to my mind are plays on their given name like well actually I don't even know Chance the Rapper's real name I'd imagine Chance had something to do with it but like Lil Wayne is Dwayne Carter yeah well that's probably one of our biggest divides as friends yeah you know what just divided us your distaste towards hip hop culture that didn't just divide us that's always divided us I find it offensive. You know how I feel about hip-hop culture. I know. You, no. No. What? You feel that way about hip-hop music. And it frustrates oh. me. 
what do you mean? Because I kind of feel, I feel like I say similar things about both the culture and the music. The music, I feel like you quickly put down. We've talked about lyricists in the past yeah. and how you're willing to budge a little bit if lyrically they're sound. Yeah. But I feel like you'd pass judgment quickly when hearing hip hop beats and you you just make the assumption. Yeah, I do. I mean, I'll admit that, yeah. It's unfortunate. It's hard to say, you know, it's a kind of a subjective thing. Obviously, I'm in the minority here because hip hop is like the most popular genre, right? It's a strong, yeah. It's a strong genre. So, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm just objectively right. But on the other hand, you know, I feel like the musicianship required to make a beat on a computer is just not on the same level as like using a real instrument. And that's coming from a musician. An amateur musician, I guess you could say. Right, but like your respect. As someone who plays instruments, yes. Yeah, like I feel like your opinion, not saying it's wrong. I think. Bias. I think you have, yeah, you have a bias because you play music and you have that understanding of musical talent. Whereas I don't, it's like. But yeah, like so, you're saying like you're you're not thinking about that at all. You're yeah. just listening to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's just yeah, okay. I listen to more. I mean, that's that's fair enough. I guess content and what's being discussed rather than well, I mean the musical components of it. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about content, then I'm not sure if hip hop has the no. Most. No. substantive content either but i'm however there i'm not saying all of them though no i know that I, we we are in agreement that there are good lyricists who i will definitely say absolutely are certainly talented the yeah. i'm just going to provide this and then we can move on from it juice world okay. for example is one that like i don't listen to all hip-hop i don't even like listening to drake but Juice World is one that I enjoy listening to because he does speak openly about mental health and the struggles that he had with mental health and the outlets that he used, which I don't agree with his outlets, such as prescription drug use, because that eventually led to his death. But it does give him or it gives others a way to relate to him. Not saying that's the way I relate to him, but yeah, it's, it's kind of like a a modern day Kid Cudi. Like when we were in early high school, Kid Cudi was talking about suicide and darkness and mm-hmm. escaping dark thoughts all the time. It's, is that something that like is really well known about Juice World? Like people, you think a lot of people relate to that uh, because of that? Or is that like kind of a, you got to really know your stuff or kind of dig into it? I think if you just listen to a couple of songs, you pick up on the theme of him talking about it. Okay. So I think if you're a Juice World fan, you know it. But if you're just listening to like one song, like I don't, know, Lucid Dreams might be his one of his biggest. You're just you're not gonna know it. No. But I mean, it's but it's cool like though. it's like pop punk music. I mean, there's a lot of angst in that, and teenagers love to relate to it. Yeah. I mean, listen, I I'm not sure how much of a dog I have in the fight because I listen to 
like heavy metal. Yeah. And a lot of people would be like, you're an idiot. Why do you listen to noise? <laughs> you know, so. That's true. You know, I, I get it. Yeah. Anyways, um, do you have a, uh, um, what do we do? How do we do episodes? We have uh, an idiom. What, what, what do we do at the end of it? Yeah. Um, do you have an idiom? I do have an idiom. And before people call me stupid, <laughs> I've never really thought about the term cream of the crop. Just never, it never crossed my mind until the other day someone said that's the cream of the crop. I was like, what the heck does that even mean? Apparently it's talking about- I always th- think of, I always think of cream corn. It's, it's talking about milk. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like you, I'm like close. you, I would put higher value in cream corn. I think it tastes way better than milk. No, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm actually no, more no, of a milk I get guy. It. If you put a bowl <laughs> of cream corn no, in front of me in. <laughs> and a cup of milk. No, I'm taking the milk, but <laughs> that's just, it sounds like cream of the crop. Yeah. But then, but then when you think about it, you don't grow cream corn. No. You just grow c- corn and put cream. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Can I finish my idiom? I'm sorry for hijacking that. So cream of the crop is talking about the milk. But even <laughs> even further than that, stop, stop that. Let me speak. All right. Further than that, the milk itself is not the cream that they're talking about. If you let milk sit, it separates, the cream separates, and that's the part that tastes really good. That is like the best part of that crop. It's literally mm-hmm. the cream of the crop. Okay. Which I learned. Yeah, I didn't know. That doesn't make you stupid. I didn't know well, that. Well, I'm sure a lot of people didn't know I'm, that. I'm sure if I went and told Papa Jerry, hey, did you know cream of the crop is talking about the cream that comes from the milk? He'd be like, yeah. Yeah, Papa, Papa okay, Jerry. Okay, that was a bad I mean, example. <laughs> um, I also learned this for people that don't know. Whole milk is talking about the cream that is contained within the milk, like the fats. Whereas, like, when you get down to the 2%, obviously, that's where the fats are gone or skim milk. Mm-hmm. The The whole cream component is gone. In skim milk. In skim milk. Yeah. So, you're drinking 2%. the opposite of the cream of the crop. Yeah. So, are you saying that people who drink skim milk are missing out on the cream? Yes, of the crop. Yes, absolutely. I just never really thought about. Well, I have thought about have where does it, where the heck does the two percent come from? What does that even mean? It, it's because they take all of the good parts out. Yeah. So, but I mean, why even drink milk at that point? Yeah, you're just drinking milk flavored water. Yeah. All right. So, in season two, me and Mason decided to do something a little bit different. Um, if you liked the paradoxes, I'm sorry. We're gonna do something <laughs> a little bit different, but feel free to. You said text it so me. sincerely. I'll send you one personally. How about that? This season, we're gonna do a something a fact that's related to the episode that we talked about. So we talked a lot about skiing. So obviously, it's gonna be a fact about skiing, and it's also a public service announcement. Mm-hmm. It's to raise awareness. To raise awareness. So if you haven't heard, a tree well is 
the area around a tree that builds up with snow and you can't really tell how like dense or deep it is at that area but a lot of people will fall into these tree wells and it's almost impossible to get out of some of these Mm -hmm. and over the past 20 years these tree wells have actually claimed the lives of more than 70 skiers and snowboarders all of which would have been preventable I would have expected higher yeah I kind of would too but I mean I guess like most people who go like skiing or going at resorts. So people yeah, will probably see you fall, fall in, in. But, Yeah, that's true. But I did watch a video of like a kid who was skiing with his dad and he fell in. There was no chance you would have seen him if his dad wasn't right behind him. Like he was in there. You couldn't see him fall. Like it was crazy. Mm. He was like screaming for his dad and you couldn't, he had to dig for like five minutes to get him out. Yeah. The, the frightening part is that you bring in so much snow with you and then it muffles your screams. Yeah. Oh, here's a article that was published last year um, of two deaths that were at some British Columbia ski resorts. Hmm. Um, the Kootenays, the ski resorts in the Kootenays. I've never heard of that. There's tons of places in Canada I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. But anyways, next time you go skiing slash snowboarding, watch out for those tree wells. Mm-hmm. Ski with a buddy. Um, uh, like I said earlier in the episode, uh, we're happy to be back. Sorry for the hiatus. We're going to try as best we can to continue this, whatever this is. And um, we'll see you on the next one. See you, guys. <laughs>